0: Mediated conversation on SAFM. Twenty seven minutes now to nine the time. Good morning, time for your mediated conversation this Thursday morning. I don't know I don't know if you've noticed this. But this is a moment where suddenly we're talking about World Cups all the time. This week already you've heard conversations about the Cricket World Cup the tier, and the Proteas and the Rugby World Cup and the Springboks. And of course, part of this is about the fact that at one point it looked like our teams may not be able to fly our flag. Later today, the Proteas have their big match against Australia. The Springboks, of course, have the quarterfinal against France on Sunday night. But there are also other conversations around this it is a moment a world cup is a moment i think for a sport to take stock is it growing or is it losing uh, an audience in cricket there's perhaps a big conversation around a format so the one day format the 50 over format has been under threat from the t20 format could this world cup show whether there's still a strong future for the one day international and of course at the same time perhaps more importantly than all of that the World Cup's a chance for a sport to make a huge amount of money. Well, first this morning, you hear from Kelvin Watt, the Managing Director of Nielsen Sports for, for Nilsen Sports in Africa and the Middle East. Then you'll hear from Joel Stransky. Yes, him, the former Springbok fly-half. And, of course, the super, Spade, Co- super sport commentator. He's in France at the moment. We'll ask him how he feels about the Rugby World Cup uh, so far. Odwet Ndangane, another former Springbok player. And Eddie Lee is a former Proteus leg spinner. We start then with Kelvin Watt from Nelson Sports. Kelvin, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning, morning. We all know how important the Football World Cup is to football. Are the cricket and rugby World Cups as important for those sports? Absolutely. I
1: mean, they are the showcase of those sports, you know, from a global perspective, but also, you know, within each country. Um, obviously, financially and in the business of both cricket and rugby, they they are critical um you know at a world rugby level and at a and a, and a cricket level as well um important to those international bodies um but equally you know important to to the national bodies you know most of them will run their commercial programs in four year cycles so very much we you know this is the culmination of the post 2019 um, world cup winning spring buck run and, and you know i think if anyone's been on any television any outdoor media any radio you would have seen that that commercial boost from 2019 has run into a host of sponsors getting in behind the spring bucks over the past four years and building into this world cup um, you know and i think you perhaps haven't quite seen that at the same extent from a cricket perspective which is perhaps a bit indicative of their success over the last year or, two or last one or two world cups Um, And hopefully a good run in this World Cup, will see their commercial program pick up again.
0: It must be interesting to see how the television coverage works, because cricket takes an entire day. It's about eight hours of television. Rugby's probably really two, maybe two and a half hours of television. Does that have any impact on the economics of it? Absolutely. It certainly does. I mean, you know, I can imagine, you
1: know, I'm a massive cricket fan. I'd love to be sitting and watching the protest today, but it's a Thursday and we, you know, we're busy. Um, So maybe I'll get an hour or two of the game in um, at best today. Um, It's unlikely to get the whole game in. Obviously, the rugby is is a bit different. Um, You know, being shorter period, it does mean that as a viewer, I get to watch a lot of it. Um, But I think you know, it also depends on what metrics you're looking at. You know, so if you're looking at sort of average audience over the period, cricket will always be lower given the length of it and and the difficulty that people have in watching the entire game. But if you look at important metrics like you know unique audience who watch five or ten minutes of consecutive play during the day, I think you know you'll see that the cricket will do almost as well as the rugby will do over the period, um, even though the, you know, the average audience at any one time might not be as high. Um,
0: they are they're sort of World Cups and there are other tournaments. So cricket will have triangular tournaments, two or three countries playing sometimes in a small tournament. It will also have a T20 tournament a big international t20 tournament a sort of t20 world cup and then rugby it doesn't really do the same thing it has a slightly different model it has a series it'll have a sort of championship in the southern hemisphere the six nations in the northern hemisphere so the tournaments maybe don't happen as often do sports need to be careful not to detract from the world cup and particularly when it comes to the t20 one day international sort of format uh, debate in cricket
1: Absolutely. And you know, I think cricket is a is a very different game in that it actually it actually runs three formats because it also has a test championship which should have runs you know over a cycle of years as well. Um, you know, and obviously that's something that cricket is dealing with. Um certainly the T twenty impact on on world cricket is significant. Um, and I think there's a lot of decisions to be made and, and I think as you rightly said in your introduction, uh, this cricket world cup is is a really important point in the sort of history of cricket to see, you know, exactly where um the 50 over game live um you know i certainly believe it's it's a very strong place certainly at a world cup level um in the game and it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know at at the end of this tournament if that's true um all over the world so you know globally or whether we're starting to see in certain countries where the t20 format is, is really starting to dominate
0: So the way people watch a screen, as you know better than anyone, Kelvin, has changed. People are moving away from streaming and and away, uh, moving to streaming and away from linear television. Um, But these events are still what they call the live shared event. Everyone watches it together. You have to watch it live. Do they then still have this huge power, a multi-channel world, more competition for eyeballs, more competition for advertising revenue? Could World Cups actually become more important, not less important in this multi-channel world? I think absolutely
1: they will. You know, I think the world is also time poor. Um, So, you know, it's about how much time we can give to things. And a lot of our research and data, for example, shows that people aren't specifically a fan of one sport. They're a fan of multiple sports. So we we have, I think our latest data show that in South Africa, about 6% of sports fans are actually active and serious fans of 15 plus sports. So you can imagine, in an environment like that, there's so much, so much time you can give to rugby, so much time you can give to cricket, to football, to other, you know, to other sports. And so, in that context, it's the World Cups that are going to really attract your attention, uh, both, you know, uh, within South African context, but also in a global context. So hugely important, and they'll continue to be the flagpole events. And I think, you know, in that context, the, the really great news, which a lot of South Africans tend to forget, is that the next Cricket World Cup will be hosting. So hopefully, we'll see a huge boost for the game in this country. Uh, given the fact that not only will we practice, but we will actually be hosting the next cricket World
0: Cup. There are all sorts of other products that hang off it. I mean, you mentioned the commercial side and how much advertising there is around the Springboks at the moment, and that's true. I've also found myself, for the first time in my life ever, going onto YouTube and watching New Zealand television because I wanted to see what the New Zealand rugby pundit said when New Zealand lost. Uh, Maybe that's not a very good reflection on my character, but suddenly I found myself watching all sorts of other things on YouTube I'd never seen before. And someone's making money out of
1: that. Well, absolutely. I think the new world with respect to streaming and people's ability to go direct to consumer. You know, the reality is that, you know, today we've all got used to, well, some of us knew Joel from many years ago. We were actually at school together and go back. But some people got to know more as an individual because he commentated on SuperSport. In a new world, Money Liebach in five years' time or whenever his retirement comes probably a bit longer than five years, could go straight on a direct-to-consumer channel and set up his own channel if people want to listen to what he has to say about the game. So that necessity to sort of drive something through a broadcaster, and, and certainly as a as a consumer, your ability to find out the voices that you like to listen to the most or or the ones that entertain you the most – you're able to find them yourself, and they're not necessarily sort of in a what we call in the industry a lean-back position where you turn on your television and let the broadcaster decide what it is. You have this lean-in opportunity, and you can search the web, you can search YouTube, you can search you know, all sorts of streaming platforms to find those voices and content that agrees that most with the type of fan you are.
0: Kelvin Watt, thank you, as always. Managing Director for Nielsen Sports in the Middle East and Africa, 19 minutes to nine. Continuing your media conversation around the power of World Cup. So let's hear from Joel Stransky now. You'll remember, of course, the role he played back in 1995. He's now a rugby commentator. Joel, good morning, and I appreciate you t- taking the time to speak to us from France this morning.
2: mate um he makes a lot of good points very interesting conversation so far
0: um this also means that the quality of rugby for the world cup is absolutely vitally important has the world cup been so far means pool games, some massive scores some very tight scores has the world cup been boring or perhaps more exciting in the pool stage than you expected
2: No, I think it's been more exciting, but just to go back a step to your point on the quality and and to Kelvin's point, you know, the one thing that, and and you said it, you went to look to see what is happening with New Zealand TV and the All Blacks because they lost. I think a lot of the financial side comes from, from, unfortunately, in many ways, but comes from teams that are winning, you know, teams that are succeeding and winning like the Springboks right now, um, uh, you know, obviously attract massive sponsorship, massive money and massive demand. And that's, the other thing, and, and and that's maybe why the World Cup is such a, a massive event because of the demand all around. And and it has been a good Rugby World Cup. It's been there's been one or two uh, I don't want to say cricket scores or but there's one or two there's been one or two mismatches. But in, in overall, it's been really really good. You know, there's been some tight games. Some of the, the the smaller teams, the formerly known as the Minnows or the Tier Two teams, have come away with big results. There's been you know some big clashes which have been hugely entertaining. Overall, I think it's been wonderful.
0: There are other things to a World Cup like this. Like you suddenly remember how good the Pacific nations are. I'm talking about countries like Tonga and Fiji. They play a rugby that you sometimes need to be reminded still exists. Uh, Tonga was able to score three tries against us more than any other team in quite some time. It's a reminder of how big the rugby world is, is my point.
2: Exactly. And Samoa almost beat England the other evening, um, Fiji into the quarterfinals. And, 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 and I guess the other side of that is, imagine how good those teams would be if they had more competition. Samoa have played, since the last Rugby World Cup in 2019, Samoa have played 12 rugby test matches. Only three against top tier nations. You know, South Africa play 12 Test matches every year against only top tier nations. You know, so if they got the competition, they they would move up a level. They'd step up. They'd be more equipped to compete on the world stage even more so. So there's a load of talent out there. There's a load of opportunity for smaller nations to become stronger and better and more competitive, and become part of the bigger scene. And, and hopefully that happens. We've seen what. I don't know if you saw this, this, the, the scenes of the Portuguese team arriving home in Portugal to a massive welcome. They won their first World Cup game ever against Fiji, who are in the quarterfinals. It's, it, it's just huge, you know, and we need more moments like that to propel our game, this beautiful game of rugby, to to, you know, to the next level, to compete with football on, on, on the world stage, which is obviously, you know, the, the largest sport um, around. It certainly attracts the most money.
0: There are two markets you probably have to crack uh, to do that. One would be China and the other would be the United States. And in the United States, you would face um, a strong competition from that offshoot of rugby, which they call American football, which once was rugby.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and it is massive there. But bear in mind as well, the Women's Rugby World Cup and the Men's Rugby World Cup Cups will both be hosted there in, in, in uh, 2029 and 31, um, respectively. So, so it, it will go there. Rugby will go there. Rugby will know, become a little bit more well-known, I guess, in, in that area. And, and what is probably most disappointing around the US right now in the North Americas is that neither Canada nor the US made the World Cup this year, which I think is a bit of a blow. They have to. I mean, they really have to be involved in the next World Cup in order to, to host a wonderfully successful World Cup in, in ATS time. But, um, the, you know, there's good programs, there's good investment going in, the club rugby scene there which is effectively a franchise scene pretty much like you know the Stormers or whatever it is growing it is there is money being spent there is money being invested to to make the game stronger locally and hopefully hopefully it does it does pick up because that world cup would be to your point the real turning point of driving you know a, a, another nation into becoming a, a rugby force in the world
0: The Springboks have a big test uh, 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 against France on Sunday night. The Northern Hemisphere has only won the entire World Cup once. Uh, Who's your money on? South Africa going to take the whole thing? Ireland still in with a very strong shout?
2: No, it's so hard to call right now. I mean, just looking at the quarterfinals, if things go against the Southern Hemisphere teams, if France do beat us and the All Blacks lose to Ireland, it could be four Six Nations teams in the semifinals, and that would be. world first it's it's and and these games are so tough to call right now you know france and south africa very similar in approach both you know big strong powerful teams big power games both have some real skill in the backs um so and anton dupont will, will be back for france by the look of things wearing a face mask that that in itself will will do two things it'll bring a little bit more pressure on on him and maybe on france but it will inspire him it'll inspire the crowd in paris they'll be they'll be very tough to beat you know they are they are a a really good side they've built a winning culture they've got a good blend between youth and and uh power Um, as do we um but at home they they, they'll be tough to beat but having said that you know our our boys have looked great we we obviously lost that one game to Ireland. it was it was always going to be a tough one Ireland play a very different brand of rugby it could have gone either way I still think we've got a great shot to beat France this weekend.
0: Joel Stransky, thank you. Really do appreciate the time. A commentator now, of course, a World Cup winning fly half back in 1995. You were there, SAFM, your mediated a conversation around the power of World Cups continues 13 minutes now to nine the time. Odwin Dungani, another former Springbok player, also comments on the game. Odwin, good morning and thanks very much indeed for your time this morning.
3: Morning, good morning, Stephen. Thanks for inviting me.
0: I get the sense, and I realise that I live in a particular part of South Africa, but I get the sense that more people from more different parts of our society are talking about the Rugby World Cup than ever before. Could that be true? I think it is,
3: Stephen. And uh, I think it comes from you know having listened to your conversation earlier. Everyone loves the winning team. Everyone supports a side that plays well. And, uh, you know, the Spielberg's current world champions, people expect a lot from them. Uh, they've done very really well over the, over the years. And there's a lot of expectation that now comes when they go to France. Can they defend their champion? Can they be the first country to win four World Cups? So it is. there is a lot of excitement. And I think a lot more people are watching and uh, can't wait to see what happens.
0: It seems to me the personal stories of some of the players are really powerful. The fact that people come from such different parts of our society and work together so well, so effectively, and clearly enjoy being with each other as well. I think that's important. There's something there that I think South Africans maybe enjoy watching. Yeah.
3: I think, you know, <clears throat> when you look at that team, everyone in, in South Africa can find someone they can relate to. Uh I think we are having watched that uh, documentary that, that went behind the scenes,
0: mm, chasing the sun. That
3: did, mm. Yeah, that did a lot to 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 showcase the other side of the players, which some people maybe might not have known, like the story of Makazole and mm. And I think it was a powerful documentary that everyone enjoyed. So it it, it does it does it has it has played played a big part. In, in uh, where people now, youngsters especially, find a lot of role models in in those players, so it's a, it's really a powerful thing. Uh, and we know the words of former Nelson Mandela: "Sport has the power to unite people, and uh, a successful team does that. And this Springbok team has done that for 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 many years. So hopefully, they can go this time around and and bring back the trophy."
0: There seems to be something else as well as that. In the past, when a team loses, everybody can sort of be quite rude to the team. In some countries, you know, people swear at a team when they lose. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I think people I think people here still love the Springbok team. And we'll just do what we always do, Otto. We'll blame the ref. <laughs> yeah, I think, you
3: know, Stephen, it's really sad when things like that happen. Because I can tell you for free all the players that go out and play and represent their country, no one wants to go there and lose. No one wants to go there and give a half-hearted effort. So it's really sad when people actually start booing their own team uh, and even to some extent going as far as maybe uh in their homes and, and uh, you know, calling them out on social media. And, you know, with the Springboks, uh, I, I don't think we get that far. And I think sometimes you know, when we look at uh, sport fans these days that actually got a bit of knowledge where they can watch the World Cup, say, for example, these quarterfinals, it is quite a, a tough contest. All, all eight teams deserve to be there. And, you know, most of us as African fans believe and hope that the Springboks uh, can win against France. But we all know also there's a chance that we could lose because France, the way they are playing, uh, and being the whole nation. It's going to be a very tough game. So I think that, that has helped but a lot of fans have become a bit more knowledgeable and understand the game and understand that it is quite a tough competition.
0: Odwin Dungani, thank you very much indeed. Former Springbok himself, of course. In a moment, we'll change focus, change ball, move to cricket. And then Eddie Lea, the power of World Cups, nine minutes to nine. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation around the power of World Cups. Eddie Layers, a former Proteus player, former professional cricketer. Eddie, good morning. Thanks for your time. Hey, Good morning, Steve. How are you doing, man? I'm Thank well. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. I was almost surprised when the Cricket World Cup started. And I don't know if it's because the media had been saturated with the Rugby World Cup or because the Proteus haven't been doing so well. This also shows how important this Cricket World Cup is. It needs to revive our interest in cricket.
4: Yeah, I think, obviously, um, you know, the Springboks has been doing well all over the recent years. I mean, winning a couple of World Cups, you know, and so obviously the nation will be, you know, will be more interested in that and also they doing well and we anticipating them winning this World Cup. So people will be more focused on that than actually the Proteas, where maybe we didn't have a really good history when it comes to World Cups. So for me, I just think that it's just between the two. Also, that documentary actually spoke about Chasing the Sun. You know, it has made a lot of people really be interested in, in rugby as well. So that's really why maybe uh, uh, the interest is not that much, or maybe the focus is not that much.
0: Um, the, this World Cup is in India, and India, of course, is you know the biggest cricketing nation in the world. That's going to be a huge part of this. There's going to be a real vibe to the home crowd there. Uh, most of the stadiums, I'm sure, are going to be full. It's going to be a big thing in India, and that helps because it's such a big country, such a big market.
4: Yes, it is. It is. It is. I mean, we went there with the uh, Road Safety World Series, which was the Legends World Cup. I was involved in last year. Uh, so you know, the, the crowd, man, the crowd. It was just the, the retired players, uh, international players that were there. The crowd, the stands were packed, were full. But it was a T20 uh, a series. So obviously, I think this competition will gain momentum as it goes closer to the, uh, you know, to the to the to the end stages. Uh, because obviously, you must understand that most of the Indian people, uh, the cricketers, they don't really have money as much as we have. So we will say, you know what, let's leave this round robin stages. But as we go to the knockouts, we will see more people going to the stadiums.
0: How important is the issue around the format? This is a World Cup in a 50 over format, the one day international format. Um, and of course, it's been under huge pressure from T20. And you can see that. I mean, you can see that in the way that people are playing. People are scoring. We scored far more runs in a World Cup match than you would before because of the way that T20 has changed the way that people bat i mean you're starting to see cricket in a real period of change here it seems to me
4: yeah definitely it is you know i think the game has evolved you know as the pitches are better the bets are good and you know the boundaries are smaller especially there in india as well the boundaries are smaller so what happens is that people you know um, they just want uh, things to happen quickly i want to be in the game three hours i'm out of there that's what it does what the 220 does you know um you know, it's like uh, three hours bowling, three hours batting, six hours you're out of there. So, people that want a quick game, a quick result, and, and and go home. And now the 50 over, you have to wait and wait. And also, I found myself dragging uh, uh, watching it. And I'm like, okay, I'll go in the last 10 overs. So, yeah, really the T20 that has been played around the world, it kind of like uh, diverted attention to the people to focus more on the very shorter format, exciting format in the T20 where things happen quickly. So, I think that's maybe might be. Uh, 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 Contributory factor to also people retiring like Quinton did from the 50 over to concentrate on T20 more money quick game And you more rest and more time with family
0: Um if this World Cup doesn't go well, could it be the last one? I mean could we find that actually People aren't r- interested in the 50 in the 50 over format anymore
4: It could I, I don't I hope it doesn't be the last one. It shouldn't be the last one I mean, there's a lot of history that's involved in this in these World Cups, you know um I mean, the first love of cricket, when we looked, I mean, 1999 World Cup, when my brother kicked the table in the lounge because of the run-out of Lance Klusner uh, in England. Um, you know, it's history for us. You know, it, it's how we view cricket in a 50-over format. I mean, going from school, coming up at 6 o'clock uh, in the evening and see John T. Rhodes against New Zealand, playing those slog sweeps uh, over the ground. Those are history. So that I don't think we can eradicate that at all. You know, it's just that interest will maybe divert and also the TV rights maybe will divert, will plunge instead of it maybe being scrapped. And I hope it doesn't get scrapped and it shouldn't be scrapped because probably it's the closest uh, form of game that is closest mm-hmm. to the test, which is the purest form of the game. You know, So for me, I think it wouldn't, no, it, I think it will continue.
0: We haven't played, and the Proteas now, uh, haven't played as much cricket over the last few years as they did before. We haven't, we've had difficult track record at World Cups. Any chance of a big upset, Eddie? Yeah, definitely. I think I think for us, um, I think our stars have
4: aligned for those World Cup. Uh, I think uh, in the last uh, couple of reviews that I did over the two years we've been talking about our betting, it's not uh, up to point. Uh, you know, our middle order is fragile and you know, and we also changed the coach, we changed Justin Summers who was the betting coach, you know, we we made Mark Crumb bet in different position. But now it seems like this unit is quite settled, the top five, you know. I mean like all our top five, everyone is averaging over fifty, just Queenie averaging forty three since the last World Cup and all of them they Averaging, you know, I mean, they scored over a thousand runs, right? So our middle period, I think we have the best in the world. Our bowling, I think, is real world class. I think if we have any World Cup that we're gonna win is this one. First of all, we come there as not favorites, and secondly, we actually the most established team uh, in the middle order, and I think we are most balanced team. So I think I think I'm crossing fingers for this one. I think this one we might we might just take bring it
0: home sure Eddie Leib thanks very much indeed former Proteus player former professional cricketer as you can hear my thanks also to the former Springbok rugby player Odwin Dungani uh, Joel Stransky of course former World Cup uh, winning fly half and starting us off today Kelvin Watt the managing director at Nielsen Sport for Africa and the Middle East so the conversation of course around the power of uh, World Cups uh, will be available for you as a podcast in the next few minutes